Well, a warm welcome to everyone this morning. My name is Pierre. For those of you who don't know me, I have the joy of uh, pastoring this community, and it is such a joy to be together on Christmas morning. It is so beautiful to see so many friends and family visiting, uh, so many new faces, so especially to you guys, a warm welcome this morning. Can every nation of Helderberg give them a warm welcome this morning? That's amazing. Uh, I love that we've got the kids in the service with us. Uh, I'm not anxious about children doing what kids do. Um, we hope that the, the little activity kit they got them will help them get through the next 20 minutes. Um, but I also want to say, if you're a guest and you don't know about that, we do have a mother's room just behind here um, if you want to join us there. And also there's a speaker outside. If you want to just be outside in the garden, if there's a little one running around, you can still tune in and hear the message. And speaking about kids... Um, if you guys greet me this morning and you see some purple glitter um, nail polish on my fingers, don't get anxious. I'm not becoming weird. We just have a three-year-old running around our house, and last night under the Christmas tree, my nails had to get painted. And this morning on the way to church, I was doing <laughs> to try and get it off. So, <laughs> kids, it's great that you are with us this morning in service. Talking about kids, I want to see if there are three brave kids here this morning that want to come join me for a moment up front. Three of you, I'm giving you an opportunity. The first three that get here might just go, come, you need to come forward. We've got one, I've got space for two more. Emma Bell, come. Ah, now I've got it. Okay, you three, come, perfect. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> Sorry, that's three. Yeah, sorry. Is there another chocolate? Is Come on, your chocolate. You have a hard heart. I'll give you a drink. There we go. It's Christmas morning. Why not? There we go. Isso? Azei. And good. No, Elsa doesn't get a chocolate. Sorry about that. <laughs> cool. So, children, who wants to say what I've got in my hand? You got, you got Christmas crackers. That's great. And what are inside the Christmas crackers? Jokes, crowns, and toys, and those. Loud noises. Well done. So now I'm going to ask you to help the girls open their Christmas crackers to see if you are right. First cracker goes. Let's see what's on the inside. Ooh, there is a crown. You've got to put that up your head. And then there's a joke that we're not going to read now because it might get interesting. <laughs> and then there's a little toy for you to enjoy back home. Okay. Oh, there's a toy. He, he nearly took your toy. You've got, <laughs> you've got to give it back to her. Your, yours is coming. Now help Emma Bell with her cracker. Go, Emma Bell. Come and see what's in your Ooh, what is that? In a ringiki. In a joke that Mama later for you to read. So you have to put your on your cup. I say, 
Well done. So mooi rooi kroon. Gaan jy bykie oefen hierna? Ek het lekker soos een sweatband, yes. Okay, nou moet jy van hulle jou help om jou krekker te trek. Oeh, okay, wat's daar in? Asse, dis so'n krekker moet krek. Oeh, you've got a crown and a joke which we're going to read later. And then there's a gift here, what's this? A hairband for the man. Let's give him a hand. <laughs> there we go. Let's give a hand to these three youngsters. You can leave the crackers. We'll pick it up later. Thank you, Ella. This morning, I want to ask you a question. Who is wearing the crown? Who is wearing the crown? That's a great answer. Because every year, we get to open up a cracker, and we find some interesting jokes. Uh, we find a little gift, and we put these crowns on our heads. But this morning, we're going to pause for a moment, and we are going to answer this question, looking at the word. And you might just be pleasantly surprised to know what that answer is. So please join me in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to be reading a few verses there from verse 8 all the way up to verse 14. It'll also be up on the screen. Let's read together. There were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Lord Jesus, as we look at your word, may you speak to all of our hearts. Holy Spirit, will you be the preacher that ministers your word and reveals it to us this morning? And may we leave you knowing who wears the crown in our own hearts and our own lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is one of the stories that we read when we read the story of Christmas. And this specific one is quite interesting because there's some shepherds just doing what they do, running off behind sheep. That's probably how some of us feel during the holidays with so many kids around. You just keep running off behind sheep. And we feel like shepherds having to tend the flock. And they're just doing their thing at night. And the next moment, an angel appears, probably in the form of a man. And it said that they were afraid, but the message came first and foremost, fear not. And I don't know where you are in your relationship with the Lord or how you perceive God, but if you are afraid of Him like that, that's not His message. His message is, I'm coming near and you don't have to be afraid. And then the angel says to them, we've got good news of great joy for all people. Not just for some people, not just for some nations, not just for some places, but it's good news. It's the gospel of great joy, not just a little bit of joy, but a whole lot of joy, and it's meant 
for all people. It is meant for us today, and it's been meant for us 2,000 years long. That's why we pause once a year, regardless of what the actual date is. It is good to pause and remember that God has become man, and we're celebrating his birth. Because it's good news of great joy for all people. And then the scene grows even more. Heaven rips open, and from heaven descends a multitude of heavenly hosts. Now, if you read your Bible and you read about the heavenly hosts before, this was a massive sight. Just angels upon angels upon angels upon angels. And then they do this. They give us heaven's perspective on the Christmas story. Up until now, we have the, uh, the, the, the shepherd's perspective. The wise men on the other side have their perspective. Mary and Joseph have their perspective. And then the angels come and say, here is heaven's perspective on what is taking place in this moment. And then they sing and they echo these words. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This morning I want to ask you, what is setting up your perspective for today? Is it maybe tradition for so many years of how, what we do as a family that's created a certain perspective of Christmas morning? Maybe you don't believe in Christmas at all. You're most welcome here if that's you this morning. Your perspective might be it's just another day on the calendar, uh, a holiday to enjoy, but beyond that, I don't care much for it. Maybe your perspective is it's a story about a baby. And for some of us, maybe it remains a story of a baby, but we sang it. it's not just a baby, it's Christ revealed as Lord, even in baby form. But I think we do well to pause and say, what is heaven's perspective on the story? And here we see the angels help us. They tell us three things. They tell us, first of all, that God is in the highest and glory belongs to him. So the first perspective we see is rightful praise. If we want to praise anything today, we've got to praise God who is in the highest. And he is in the highest, not man, no, no leader, no other savior, no, no other belief system. God of the Bible is in the highest. And our rightful praise is when we praise him on this day. When we don't praise all the little things we've put around this day, but we stop and we praise Him. Glory, the glory of the Christmas story belongs to Him and belongs to Him alone. But it's not only the perspective of right praise, it's also the perspective of real peace. Because He says, and on earth peace. And on earth peace. And in a moment we're going to look at peace a little bit more to understand what real peace looks like. Definitely doesn't look like an alarm clock, six o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> real peace comes in a certain way. But not just rightful praise and real peace. The third thing that we see the angels say, the perspective from heaven on the Christmas story, is that there's restored pleasure among those with whom he is pleased among those people in whom God 
finds his pleasure. It speaks of the restoration of that which we lost at the beginning when God made us in the garden and we said, no God, we don't want your pleasures. We think there's other pleasures that the world can have us. And the enemy came and said, there's so much you're missing out on. But for us who know the story of Christ and come to him, we have a restored pleasure in him. And he satisfies like nothing else that this world has to offer. He satisfies more than the lamb you're going to eat today. <laughs> he satisfies more than the chocolate we gave you at the door. He satisfies more than any Christmas wish list you had and you were hoping will be fulfilled this year. Restored pleasure. So rightful praise, real peace, and restored pleasure. That's heaven's perspective on the Christmas story. But I want to ask the question again. Who is wearing the crown? I love that. <laughs> Can't we all be more like that? <laughs> Shall we try that again? Who is wearing the crown? Jesus. Ah, oh, no, you got like Jesus. <laughs> like that gusto is pretty amazing. Can we try that again? Who is wearing the crown? Jesus. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Our same verse this morning gives us that answer. First of all, it speaks of God's high crown of providence. God's high crown of providence. It says, glory to God, not on high, in the highest. His position is above all. It is sovereign. There's nothing beyond it. And he wears a crown that no one else gets to wear. So God, in His sovereignty, in His providence, in His essence, in His divine nature, is above all things. And we read about this in Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. The earth is the Lord's. When we see a capital L-O-R-D, Lord, it's the name Yahweh that's used. The earth is Yahweh's. And everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So the first answer to the question is, who wears the crown is Yahweh, the Lord, carries this crown. That's why when we read in Revelation, when we see him face to face, those who are in heaven, they take their own crowns and they cast it before his throne because when they see him and his crown, all they can do is bow before and say, my crown counts nothing in light of you. Isn't that powerful? The Christmas story is reminding us who is in control. The Christmas story is reminding us that there is a creator God who sits above it all and he owns this world and he owns you. You get to choose whether you want to live in the hands of your maker. You get to choose whether you want to give ownership to him. But the very first crown we read about in our text this morning is God's high crown of providence. But then there's a second crown. And to help my little friend there, it's Christ's princely crown of peace. God's high crown of providence, God Almighty, the Creator, through all of it in His triune essence, Father, Son, and Spirit. But then there's a very specific crown that the Son gets, His crown of peace. 
And we read about this when Isaiah prophesied, and I want to read it to us again this morning. Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7. For to us a child is born, to us a new son, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince. What do princes wear? Crowns, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government. And of peace, there will be no end. I love that. Think about that. Of the increase of his rule and of peace, there will be no end. That means it is continually growing. It's increasing. It's not a measure that's given once and then it's being used and it's used up. Sometimes it feels like life and our stories use up the peace of Christ. But there it says, the Prince of Peace comes with his government, and his peace keeps on increasing, exponentially grows with a curve like this, and it never stops. And it will not stop until the day that he comes back, and he takes us into the fullness of that peace, but it keeps on increasing. Do we live there with such peace? Regardless of what happens in our life and our story, we know that God's peace is increasing. And we remind ourselves that the angels said, on earth, whoa, it sounds impossible. Just read the news. Just know the stories. Just drive down the road. But that gets us to the next moment where it says, with them, with those with whom he is pleased, that I'll speak about in a moment. But Jesus himself said this, peace I leave with you, and my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. When Jesus was born, we read in Luke chapter 2, it starts off by speaking about Caesar Augustus. And Caesar Augustus came in in the Pax Romana season where all they wanted to do is the known world at that point, which was under Roman rule, they said, we're going to enter a season of peace in the known world. And Caesar Augustus did everything in his effort to create peace in the Roman government at that point. So that's why Luke 2, which we read, starts there. Also, Caesar Augustus, the name Augustus means the elevated and the high one. But it's in that moment when Caesar Augustus ruled that the heavens tear open and says, no, no man can bring peace. God is the high one. And in heaven, he sits, but on earth, he brings his peace. And no man can try and create a system in which there is peace. Only God can. That's why Jesus said, the peace I give you is not like anything in the world. If you're part of our church, you know that over the past few weeks, we've been talking about finding rest and finding true rest. And I hope by now that you've practiced and you've learned that peace comes from a person and his name is Jesus. It doesn't come from a holiday, doesn't come from anything else except him. Because in the world, there are things that gives us momentary peace. But we create our own systems like Augustus. We say, if I do this and I do that and I create this and I have this moment and I set this up, I'll enter a season of peace. And Jesus says, that's worldly peace. Because when you come to me, 
There's a peace I give that transcends all understanding, Philippians, when you come to me. So I've got to ask the question, who wears the crown of peace in your life? Is it Christ Jesus? Is he the one that sits with his authority over your life to say, I can bring peace to your moment because he's already given it to us in this John verse, to his disciples and all of us following, but he's continually ready to bestow upon us, to lavish upon us, to give us today the gift of peace again. If there's one gift to unwrap today, it's the gift of peace, friends, especially considering where we are at as a world, as a nation, as a community, and sometimes even our own families and our own hearts. Can we come to the Prince of Peace who wears the crown of peace and let him be the peace that we need? But I'm asking again, who wears the crown? Because I believe there's a third crown this morning that we find in our verse. Mankind's promised crown of life. Not just God's high crown of providence and sovereignty and being over all things. Not only Christ's priestly crown of peace as a prince who rules over our hearts and our lives. But the Bible speaks about the crown of life. That's why the verse says, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, comma, on those with whom he is pleased. What does that mean? What does that mean? It speaks about God's heart disposition that's always been the same towards mankind. I want to and I desire to be pleased with mankind, and therefore he has sent his son to become man so that he can go to the cross so that pleasure could be restored with the Father. Because within us is our own brokenness, our own sin, our own challenges, our own world. But there's a crown of life that we get to carry. Let's read about this. James 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. 2 Timothy 4 verse 8. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. What day when he returns, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearance. So between the high crown of God's glory and our crown of life is the crown of Christ. Glory to God on the highest and on earth peace for those in whom he is well pleased. So the question that it beckons to all of our hearts this morning on this Christmas morning is, have I accepted the crown of life? Because peace can only come from this high God and glory when I have done my part. And here's the beauty of it, Ephesians 2. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. For we are not saved by our works. You can do the greatest things. You can box up all your leftover food and you can go and give it to people who are needy. And please do that because that's what we do. We love on other people, but that will not give you the crown of life. 
The crown of life only comes when we tune in to heaven's perspective on Christmas morning, when we say, Jesus Christ, I come to you, and I make you the prince of peace over my life. And because you are the prince of peace over my life, I too can stand in right standing with God who is in the highest. Heaven's perspective on the Christmas story. So I want to ask you again this morning, who's wearing the crown? Parents, you can explain it to them on the way home. God sure is. No doubt about that. Maybe you doubt that. I pray that you discover that soon. That the way that we woke up this morning and that rain that fell last night and how things work and that there's people together like this from all walks of life that sing one song to one God and this is happening around the world amongst billions of people who believe this story and whose lives is a testament of that story. We can say that there is a God who reigns and rules and he's got a crown on his head and it's the highest crown. And then there's Jesus who took a moment to take off his crown and come to earth as a baby. No crown on his head, in a manger, between the poop <laughs> and the smells. That's what it was, friends. In humility, he came and he said, I'm going to forget my crown for a moment. But he speaks about this peace that he has brought to mankind to fulfill the prophecies. So many of them, if we read the Bible. But then the third crown this morning is the one that we get to choose. It's the crown of righteousness, the crown of life. So I want to ask you, who's wearing the crown? Are you wearing your crown? Are you wearing your crown? When the crackers come out today and the crowns go around the table, don't just put it up. Because one day when God comes, those of us who said, yes, Lord, I want that crown. He's going to come and stand in front of each one of us. He's going to look us in the eyes. He's going to say, my daughter, my son, in whom I'm so well pleased, you chose me. So today I put upon your head the crown of life. Come into my kingdom. Step into the fullness of my peace because here I will continue to reign in my glory and you get to be a part of that. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you that the gospel, the good news of great joy is so clear in this message of Christmas. That we don't have to go looking for it or try and understand it, but it's so simple. God, thank you that we can put our confidence in knowing that you wear the highest crown. That nothing in this world that happens is not without your sovereignty over it. Even the music that played. <laughs> Lord, you wear the highest crown. Secondly, Lord, thank you that we know, Jesus, you've come to lay down your crown so that you can come and crown our lives with peace. And we thank you for that. Thank you that even though we might be in an interesting season in this nation, or even though in our own personal lives or in our families, there might be things, Jesus, you are standing 
with the gift of peace that you want to give each one of us afresh today. And I pray that this morning for your church, for everyone in this room. Christ, may your peace come. I want us to take a moment and respond and just in your own words, you can say one sentence or you can just open up your hands and just say, Jesus, I receive your peace today. Or maybe, Jesus, I receive your peace anew today. Let's take 30 seconds and let's pray that prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the fruit of peace, that we don't have to create it, but it comes from you as a gift. And then, Lord, I pray this morning for all of us in this room, that we will live with the certainty that the crown of life is waiting for us, that we are among those with whom you are pleased. Lord, and if there's anyone in this room today who can't say that, Will you reach out to them on this Christmas morning? Will you extend your love to them? May they experience the crown of life, which is a free gift from your hand today. And I want to say to you, friends, maybe if that's you, it's very simple. I'm not going to ask anyone to put up hands or come forward. In your heart, you pray and you say, God, I want the crown of life. I want to look forward with longing to the day that you come back to have that crown on my head. Forgive me for my own attempts to save myself. Forgive me for my own attempts to be a good person. Forgive me for my own attempts that has failed and I've made mistakes. Forgive me for my sin. But today, Jesus, I accept the crown of life and of righteousness that you have for me. If you pray that prayer today, I want to encourage you to share it with family or with friends so that you can walk this journey together with others who love Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to ask once more, who wears the crown? God wears the crown. The Prince of Peace, Jesus, wears the crown. And if we choose to, we get to wear our crown, the crown of life. Anthony, come and bless us this morning as we conclude. Thanks, Pierre. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for giving us this greatest gift of all time. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, whom today, by faith, because we know that faith pleases you, we call Lord. And Lord, it is our earnest prayer, Lord, that everybody would experience that peace in increasing measure. So in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, I bless you with peace. Peace be upon you this Christmas day 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas.